G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some more attention today to India, where for over 2,000 years, girls have been dedicated to a deity and thereafter trapped in what is described as an horrific systemic abuse. These girls are known as Jogini Girls, and they have been the primary focus of the ministry called the Dignity Freedom Network. Their goal is to prevent dedications of little girls and to empower entrapped women to find freedom and hope. Kate is the CEO of the Dignity Freedom Network, serving the Dalit people in India. That's the lowest and poorest of people in India. Kate, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's lovely to be chatting with you this afternoon. Kate, most of the people you work with, the Dalit people, they either live on the streets or in crowded and dirty slums. Uh, these are the poorest of the poor in India. That's correct, Neil. Previously, they were known as the untouchables, but now they've taken on this name for themselves of Dalit. And the word Dalit means crushed, oppressed and broken. And they believe that that is, epitomizes who they are, which is just so sad. Kate, what have you been hearing from your teams working in those uh, Good Shepherd medical care centres that you've got dotted across India? What have you been hearing about the COVID situation there? Well, definitely the second wave has passed, but it was absolutely devastating. And, you know, it's always the poorest of the poor that are most impacted when things go badly. And so the Dalit people have been really affected hugely uh, with the lockdowns, losing jobs, losing livelihoods. We've seen a huge increase in domestic violence, a huge increase in trafficking of little children, and of course, many, many deaths. So uh, we've actually just been asked by one local government area to start caring for 600 COVID orphans. So even though the second wave has passed, you've still got this fallout from it and the ramifications that just continue, and particularly for those who live on the margins. Of course, your Good Shepherd Medical Care Centres, right across different communities there, uh, the Jogini girls, where are they at, at this time? Because there's been some tremendous inroads made. That's right. So we started with a, a survey in the field and we identified that the practice happens in around 3,000 villages and we're now currently active in over 250. So where we've been active, we're actually seeing the dedication stopping and we're actually seeing the practice coming to a complete end. And that's our goal, Neil, is not just to save a girl, not just to rescue a woman, but to actually see this horrendous practice come to a complete end. So, you know, it's just been incredible. You talk about the healthcare and one of our really encouraging stories that we have is that you know, in last year during lockdown, so these women are so poor, many suffer from malnutrition and all, and quite a number of them died of COVID. And this year, we really focused on building up, uh, helping to explain about hygiene and awareness, and then 
giving them nutritional supplements. And during our, the second wave that hit India so badly, we didn't lose one of our women. Not one of our Jogani women died. And it's because we have community health workers in the villages who speak the local language, who have the trust and respect of the villagers. And so they know who to turn to when things get difficult. Well, you're in 250 villages, uh, but as you say, there's around 3,000 villages where this practice still takes place. And from what I'm aware, the practice is outlawed by the government, but it still continues because it's sort of a cultural thing. Give us an insight into how that works. Well, so it was made illegal around 30 years ago, which is absolutely brilliant. And because it was made illegal, we began with the whole focus on advocacy. And so the first thing we were able to do was to get laws put in place that would lead to prosecutions if the practice wasn't dealt with in a, in a really just way in the villages. And so that happened in 2015. So since then, we've had real teeth on the ground where we can go into the villages and talk to the village leaders and explain, you know, if, if you don't start supporting these women and working to bring this practice to an end, there can be prosecutions, there could be fines, there could be all sorts of ramifications. And so we bring the village leaders and the police and the social workers on the journey with us. And that then means that when these women are abused, when our uh, team go with them to the police station and file reports, they actually know that there is something in place where they have to listen to these women and they have to act. Uh, now, just back to the way this all functions, uh, from what I understand, little girls who are dedicated in a temple to a deity and uh, then are really locked into a process uh, which is a little bit like a temple prostitute. How does that work uh, for these girls uh, when you're there actively looking to rescue them? So... The abuse doesn't necessarily happen in the temples. It could happen anywhere in the village. So it could happen, you know, as they're walking down the street, they just get taken because they believe, they're told, you were created for this. This is your destiny. You were created to be used by any man in the village, any day, any night, any time. And so these women actually don't know that this is abuse. They think that this is what they were made for. Whereas we know actually they were created in God's image and that he loves them, that he has a purpose and a plan for them. And it's definitely not this. And so when we explain this to these women and we help them to understand that they can say no to men, we can really help them to find freedom and dignity and have hope restored in their lives. Um, there's so many villages that we're still not active in and so we want to keep expanding and moving into more villages so that we can see the practice end. I imagine that when you expose these women to understand their God-given value and worth, uh, that those issues around trauma and rejection and all sorts of things that they must have to deal with, uh, what sort of stories do you have of some of the women you've been working with? Well, I mean, you know, so many of the Jogany women become alcoholics at a very young age and they just drown their pain. Many of them uh, struggle with depression. Many struggle with mental health issues, with suicide. And, of course, many struggle with physical illnesses and diseases. So, I mean, we address all of these. It's a very holistic kind of an approach where we do HIV and AIDS testing and help them um, get onto antiretrovirals and provide them with all sorts of health care counselling and just pray with them and just loving on them and you know I've met so many of these women and they are just like 
sponges. They just so respond to love and, you know, they've just been so damaged that when they hear that they're made in the image of God and that they have value and worth, it's something that they really, really struggle to understand because they've been told for so long that they're worthless. Um, So it's a real challenge, but, you know, it's just so delightful to see them start to catch a glimpse of how precious they are in God's eyes. Your broader work too, Kate, the Good Shepherd Medical Care, uh, those clinics, community health workers across the country, how many of those have you got functioning now? Well, we've actually expanded because of the whole COVID situation in India. So one of the things that we've pivoted to is to introduce telehealth. And so if we've got these community health workers and they're not, they don't have as much training as a nurse here in Australia, but they've still got far more medical training than anybody else in the village. But when we put that together with um, a telehealth capability back to our uh, clinics and hubs in our hospital, then it means that these girls are able to do so much more with um, identifying and connecting and health pathways and following up on people. And so we've been able to expand hugely in this area. Um, We've now got around... uh, 35 telehealth clinics around the country and we've got around 300 community health workers in various villages and in our schools as well. Uh, but we're, we're looking to continue to increase in the medical sector because it's just been so effective and such a great way to connect with these people and provide them with an urgently needed um, service. So we're actually starting to build our own custom-designed hospital as well, which is really exciting. And these are challenging times. Uh, You've been in lockdown. Uh, Lots of your supporters have been in lockdown. And uh, you have your uh, hope for the Jogany Girls dinners. Normally, you like to have those face-to-face. What's happening this year? That's right, Neil. Usually, we bring one of our girls out and she tells her story. And people come and they're just so encouraged to see the transformation Last year, we pivoted to online dinners, and we were just so thankful that people engaged. And so this year, for those who came to our dinner a couple of years ago, they will have heard Sonny tell her story. This year, she's doing an interview from India, talking about what's happened in her life over the last couple of years. And she's almost graduated as a nurse, which is fantastic. So we'll be live streaming them from... um, our lounge room and people can log in and join us. They can hear interviews from India, see our COVID response. This year we've got Sylvie Palladino joining us to sing a song, which is amazing. And, you know, we're just going to have a lot of fun and engage and share the story. And I think it will be a really encouraging night for people. So this coming Saturday night, September the 18th, and so for listeners who'd like to get on board and be a part of what you're doing, and so many people will be thinking what an amazing work that you do in the nation of India. Uh, I imagine they connect with you through your website, dfn.org.au, and DFN, of course, stands for Dignity Freedom Network. And so you have to register to be a part of a dinner or do you want people to sign up and say we're going to have a dinner and raise some money? How does that all work, Kate? Well, for those who live in, in the half of Australia that's open, they can have dinners together with friends, they can wear Indian gear, they can do decorations, make Indian food or or buy it in or something like that and get together and just have a lot of fun. So long as they've got access to a television, then they can you know access the whole program. 
for the other half of Australia who don't have those freedoms currently, they can join us from their own home. Uh, you do have to register so that we can send you all the resources and all the links that you need to join in on the night. And there's a, a try booking code that's on our website. And so if they go to our website and look for the dinners in the tab, they can email info at dfn.org.au and we can connect people with booking in. But you do have to register to join this year. Well, uh, mission ministries like yours uh, can always do with an extra friend. No doubt uh, people have a love for Indian food. What about a love for Indian people? Uh, So I'll point people to dfn.org.au and you could be a part of this coming Saturday night's special Jogini Girl Dinner. Kate, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for updating us today on 2020. Fantastic to chat with you again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.